Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's episode, I'll be getting to know Penny Haslam, who's an award-winning motivational speaker and author of the business book, Make Yourself a Little Bit Famous, How to Power Up Your Profile and Get Known for What You Do. So Penny, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Hello, a warm hello back at you. (laughs) Thank, thank, Thank you so much. And just out of interest, whereabouts are you in the world right now? I'm in a very glamorous location, which is called Warrington. Better known for being slap bang in the middle of Liverpool and Manchester in the northwest of England. Lovely, lovely place. Thank you so much. And I just want to just share a little bit more about you before we do get started. So before Penny started out as a speaker, you'll have found her presenting the business news on breakfast television. And now she shares her very own highly valuable content on the topics of personal communication and confidence with both employees and their organizations. So Penny. I've read the book and I love the concept of making yourself a little bit famous. Could you tell me a little bit more about this concept and where it came yes. from? Yeah, so this is one of those titles of a book. And in fact, you know, something that you might fetch for for 10 years, you might be thinking about it. So the guy who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, apparently the title took 10 years. Yeah. And it did take me a good few years to come up with this title and it wasn't born out of some sort of creativity session it was born out of frustration so I was on the call uh, with with, I was on the phone with um, someone who was trying to help me write some content and we hadn't started working together yet and I wasn't quite sure whether she could help me and I was getting my messaging as a solopreneur quite tangled Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was trying to say and I knew I wanted to help people with all sorts of things to do with raising their profile sharing their expertise that kind of thing and it's all a bit dry and she was pushing me and pushing me and I got annoyed with her and myself probably more likely actually and I went oh for goodness sake I just want people to make themselves a little bit famous Ah, I love it and we both yeah. went, oh, ah. there we go. <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a hairs on the back of the neck moment, really. Yeah. really. And people love the title because it's not the huge onerous task of becoming hugely famous and celebrity, which is showing off, isn't it? Mm. A lot of people don't like to show off or feel like a show off, but nor is it being a best kept secret. And that's the danger, isn't it, when you're in business on your own, is that you're so busy that you don't have time to share your expertise showcase what you can do and how you can help yeah Um, so that's what I hope to introduce people to is the idea of getting out there without feeling like an idiot (laughs) yeah I love it and I'm sure a lot of the audience will resonate with that because you know some of the people that I I speak to are they're amazing at what they do but they just do feel like the best kept secret in the world like you said so this concept of being able to get yourself out there build your credibility reputation your personal brand is is so important and now I have read the book but what are some of the key things that people can do to make themselves a little bit more famous loads of things um i've got 10 ways you can make yourself a little bit famous as a download going out yeah. at the moment actually so if you check Amazing. me out on social media you might be able to come across that or I'll, i might make it available to the show notes yes because I'll do that. it's small ideas for some people which um for example having a coffee with someone having a coffee with someone who's senior to you or or is 
part of an organization that you want to be working with, just trying to get in front of people one at a time, that is make yourself a little bit famous. Mm -hmm. And the list goes all the way through to putting yourself forward for TV and radio appearances, podcast appearances, also making video that you can use on social media, lots of activities that you can do that, you know, are freely available to us now as business owners. We should really be grabbing hold of these. And things like the media and being on TV is perfect for solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, because the media really needs experts. And I say experts, it just needs people who have got some experience and knowledge. <laughs> and I think most of us have experience and knowledge and they've got hours of airtime that needs filling. So yeah. in my book, I really help make the bridge between, oh, who am I to go on TV and radio with my little bit of knowledge that I've got and experience? Well, actually, you're really required to mm -hmm. help out the journalists and the radio producers and TV people. And I've helped loads of people appear on TV and radio, but also speaking, treading the boards, whether it's a local networking event where you do a 15 minute talk or whether you're working more towards becoming a paid speaker like I am, um, where you maybe deliver great content for 45 minutes, an hour, half a day, whatever it is. But it's all about trying to get yourself out there as the figurehead of your business, making yourself a little bit famous. So basically, I mean, it's not new stuff, is it? But people get to know you, like you, and trust you. Now, I, this all came for me into sort of fruition when I set up my own business. So I'd been on TV. I was talking mm -hmm. about the business news. And that was all right to a point, a bit boring. Footsies up, <laughs> footsies down. Stock markets are doing this. Don't really care. Um, so when I set up in business, I needed to find customers. I went to my first ever networking event thinking that's how you do it. This is how you take your business to the next level. And unfortunately, I didn't quite know how to do it very well. I was very nervous, very nervous. Um, and I spoke to someone for 20 minutes. I spoke at someone for 20 minutes and remembered eventually that I should ask them a question. Yeah. And I said, so what do you do? Hmm. And she said, well, I'm not really meant to be here. I'm just with the photographer helping out. <laughs> I thought, what a waste of my time. Yeah. I apologize to her for wasting her time, obviously, but what a waste of my time. A few weeks later, I got asked to go and speak at a networking event. Ooh, now, surely I could transfer my on-air skills to in front of a small group of people, put some stuff together, say it. I did, I did it, and I shook hands with the whole room in one go. My talk was terrible, by the way. It wasn't great in any great shape. It didn't seed in any ideas. I didn't convert any people in the room to, into customers. I just raised my own profile a little bit. So since then, I've learned how to be more strategic with things like going on TV and radio uh, when you're speaking, when you're taking part in a panel discussion, which is a similar sort of idea of getting in front of people, is, is being useful, but also helping them come back to you, yeah. for, you know, for work, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've covered lots of amazing points in there. What do you want to drill down into this public speaking one just because that's what we talk about a lot on this show and um, so w would you say that was your first memorable presentation and um, delivering that at the networking group or is there a memory that goes back earlier maybe in school or, or university when you had to present as well and, and if so how did that go so my first job as a mm -hmm. stage speaker 
Yeah. I was paid and I was asked oh. to do it because I was on telly. Look, mm-hmm. they approach you, don't they, when you're on telly. They go, mm-hmm. you're a speaker. You, you can do this on telly. You can speak to our audience live. No, you can't. So I ended up with a 13-page script full of ideas, you know, quite good mm-hmm. ideas, but they weren't strung together very well. They didn't hang. There was no linking. There was no signposting. There was no take home. It was a yeah. bit of a lecture. If yeah. I'm honest. Yeah. And my knees were knocking and I was gripping the lectern. And I had one of those, you know, and your eye twitches and you've yeah. got no control over it whatsoever. Yeah. So I was kind of winking at the audience the whole time <laughs> and trying to, you know, take these pages over, licking my finger, turning the page, trying to work out what I was saying next, trying to smile at the audience while reading at the same time. And it was dreadful. I mean, it was okay. I smiled and I said some stuff. But it wasn't brilliant. And I thought, right, I need to be brilliant at this. Yeah. My own um, integrity and my yeah. own pride in my work as well. I want to strut stages. I want to be that person who helps loads of people in the room do better and grow and evolve and enable them to do more in the world. Uh, yeah. However, that sounds like very grand thinking, which I didn't yeah. really have at the time. But so I was quite frustrated. I've never had a problem with confidence around being in front of people or speaking, as you might tell. But even when I was little, I loved the camera. I used to play TV presenters when I was little in my bedroom. <laughs> just used to talk to yeah. anything and just pretend I was on Tomorrow's World. And that was, that was Maggie Philbin. Um, however, the translation of your skills from being a radio and TV presenter or reporter, taking that talent if you like that skill to the stage I went through I think the same sorts of issues that most people when they are getting used to being in front of people live go through Mm -hmm. so I could no longer rely on an auto cue or script I had to speak from a different part of my brain almost and connect my mouth fluently so that during a period of heightened nerves and adrenaline and be fluent and make you know remember things and it is like driving, I don't know, a massive lorry with 12 gears mm. on the wrong side of the road in a foreign country, yeah. having never learned to drive before. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can go along in first gear for so long, and then you want to add a bit more and add a bit more, do some more bells and whistles, try something out. And that's the journey, isn't it? People think so often, oh, I can't speak, I can't present because I'm not like the person I've just seen presenting or speaking. What you've got to remember is that you probably didn't ever see that. You didn't see that person's first ever go. And they might have been as rubbish as you are. Yeah. <laughs> or they might have felt as rubbish as you feel. So let's. And so there's a, there's a journey there, isn't there, of experience yeah, and learning? Absolutely. So, so let's go back to that moment then. You talked about knees knocking, gripping the lectern. You talked about the, the eye flicking. So, you know, physiological responses to, to nerves in, in reality. Um, what, what do you think? you were nervous about was it people's opinions was it about something going wrong like what what were you nervous about do you think it was all of that it did it did my message land was mm. I relatable did it make sense is it coherent does it hang together well as a story I didn't know these things um and the lack of experience you know you need almost like a pilot you need some flying time yeah, under you your do. belt don't you before no. you can really pass your get mm. your license same as with spe- same as with speaking um, so to do a run through on stage in front of 500 people, it's not really very comfortable. 
No. And no matter how many times you practice in your bedroom with a hairbrush in your hand, looking in the mirror, it's not quite the same as that experience of being in a massive room. So those worries are just heightened at the beginning of your journey. They don't necessarily yeah. go away. Mm. You can correct them, and, but and it, was, that's what I was worried about. I was worried, yeah. Does this make sense? Mm. Am I just waffling on? I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, and I guess for most people, they won't have the problem of their first gig being a paid one. In most cases, um, that was extra pressure, so, I suppose. So that, as well. so that was yeah. that was extra pressure. We talked about the pilot having their their flying time, and um, you know, get out there and speak is is the reality. Even yeah. if it's in front of a room of ten people, twenty people, thirty people, just start to get the practice in, um, because it is a skill that you can learn, and you will get better. Mm. Um, but you do need to start somewhere ultimately yeah and I did all of that you know I did a mm. lot of my first couple of years as a speaker I did loads of free gigs we call yeah. them free but actually if you can get some value from them like both mm. if you are looking to become a professional speaker or you just want to get booked more as a conference speaker whether you get paid or not you might have that business message that you want to share maybe it's about setting up a web page dedicated to you as a speaker or maybe on your LinkedIn profile you use the banner photograph section you know to yeah. speaking or being on a panel or whatever you're doing but if you can get something from speaking like video footage photographs yes. testimonials it all helps build your own marketing presence as a speaker so again you're not a best kept secret and you're not having to work too hard to build all that stuff and go someone's asked for a biog and a high-res photo mm -hmm. have it ready yeah you know, get ready this yeah brilliant okay great so we've, we've given some advice there to people who want to get paid to speak which is about that building that presence the website the the, the, the b-roll or whatever you want to call it and um, what about advice for people who are just starting out or even for a young penny like what other than get some air miles and other than you know practice what are the tips and advice might you give to somebody starting out as a speaker i'd study it like an a level mm -hmm. you know not degree level that's a bit high not GCSE, it's a bit low. Think A-level, right? Yeah. And lean into it. And I hate this phrase because it's not, it's a Sheryl Sandberg thing to do with women in business. But the phrase is brilliant and applied well just to learning more stuff. Lean into your subject. I get it, yeah. Get into your subject and read some books, watch some TED Talks, uh, get a coach. I mean, I had yeah. that experience of my knees knocking and holding on, gripping onto the lectern. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, right, I can't, I can't be doing this on my own. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I got a coach to help me and she shared with me what I've got in the book actually um, is the presentation planner. It's a framework. Yeah. Just, for, you know, being able to be coherent in how you get your message across. So it's getting tools, getting advice, getting support, being kind to yourself as well, Tom, isn't mm, it? And rather it than is. going, oh, I'm such an idiot. Why did I say that? Or I missed that bit out. Or, oh, I'm so nervous. I went red and I didn't like it. Or my voice goes wobbly and, you know, we layer so much interior experience onto what is essentially an audience experiencing you. And yeah. those two things can be very different. So our in internal experience might be the thing that is the most dangerous. And you might need to do a bit of work on that to help support yourself. I did a bit of work on that. I was really lucky, actually. Uh, years ago, I joined the Professional Speaking Association. So I'm in the mix with about mm -hmm. 650 other like-minded professionals. We really should be in competition with each other, but we're not. We're very, very supportive of each other, yeah. which is lovely. And one of the speakers shared this kind of visualization technique, which at the time I thought was a bit woo-woo, a bit okay, well, I'll go along with it. 
And she said, you know, imagine a time when you had a great time and you were feeling really good and in full flow. And then now grip a bit of your body, like your wrist or your finger, you know, hold on to an anchor point. Nothing too dramatic so the audience can't, you know, doesn't recognize that's what you're doing. And then it'll take you back to that time and da-da-da. And also imagine something that's really glorious on you. And I imagined a cape, like a big snow queen cape, you know, like swishing about on a stage. And I thought, oh, yeah. And so the next time I went to speak, I was really nervous again. I was thinking, oh, this is going to go badly wrong. I thought, no, I've got to stop this. I've got to put a spanner in this wheel because it can't keep spinning like this. It's detrimental. It is, isn't it? It's tiring if you Mm -hmm. feel like that after, after speaking. So I did the gripping onto the anchor point, you know, my wrist. And I imagined the cape or the cloak. And I actually thought, sod it. I'm just going to be this free on the stage as I, I am it. when I yeah. back, you know, back then. And it absolutely was a game changer. So I yeah. now don't knock the internal work that I think mm-hmm. you need to do as well. There's, there's another part of this internal, external perspective as well. And a lot of speakers tell me this is when we stood on stage thinking, what do I look like? What are my hands doing? How's my posture? What do I sound like? Is my accent coming across okay? <laughs> That's really bad to do that because really what you should be focusing on is, am I giving value to this audience? Are they learning something? What's their one big takeaway? And that change of perspective will, will change everything for you, I think, if you're stuck in that internal dialogue mindset. Such good advice. It really is. And that's why I say content is your king. Your yes. performance is your queen, really. It doesn't really matter how you perform if you've got great content. And I think the performance looks after itself to a degree mm-hmm. when you're really proud of what you're saying and you know that it's really relatable and is, is, getting, is being useful to your audience exactly in the way that you say. If you're adding value, bringing content that's good and wholesome and useful, not just showing off, then, yeah, I think you're proud and proud to perform. It doesn't really matter how you perform after that, does it? No, no. Well, not actually, really. I would say don't put too many bullet points in your slides. If yes. you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> not everything needs to, you know, you can change some of the things that you do quite easily. Yeah, that, that's another um, can of worms altogether, PowerPoint size, oh, isn't, isn't it? it? But yeah, you've, you've, you've got to, it's got to look good. It's got to sound good. You know, everything ties into that, 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 that kind of yeah. the memorable, how memorable the event is. And not to put too much pressure on yourself to be all those things in, yes. in the first go or the fifth go or the tenth go. It's say, right, okay, so well, actually I'm working with a slides guy at mm. the moment because I've realized that my deck is a bit, it's all right, but it's a bit, mm-hmm flat it's a bit yeah. white background black writing and I've not got any bullet points and it's not overloaded with figures you know it's clear enough and fun enough however I know it can be so much more so I've been speaking for seven years I'm just about getting round to really polishing my slides yeah and my stories as well I'm working with a stories coach to help really you know to stop the bad habit of just telling half-assed anecdotes which, you know, kind of has a point, but actually really focusing on how you tell a story within a talk. Yeah. Um, again, it's about leaning into your topic, isn't it? And always yes. seeking professional development on it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this work, actually, at the moment more than ever. So Amazing. Yeah. And, and I could honestly talk about this all day, but I'd, I'd better not. So the very, the very, there's been a ton of value here. But the last question from me is if somebody really wants to book you as a speaker or find out more about you, where would they go? The best place for me, and I do have two businesses, two mm-hmm. websites, if you like, 
The one for speaking is pennyhaslam.co.uk right. and on it is a podcast. So if you love podcasts, obviously you do if you're listening to this brilliant one with you. Um, you. It's pennyhaslam.co.uk forward slash podcast. And there's also an email, which is great to sign up for because it's full of tips on confidence and speaking and presentations, as well as taking part in panel discussions and going on TV and radio and doing video and all the stuff that you need to stop being a best kept secret. Of it. What I'll do is I'll post some links in the show notes as well so people can get hold of the podcast and, and the email and, and the website whenever they need. So, Penny, thank you so much again for your time today and for bringing such great value to our audience.